I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 75 of Please Advise. My name is Molly McLear, aka Malls. What's up, Christina? What's up? How are you? I'm good. What's going on at work? Anything? Nothing new. Oh, we have a live show coming up. Okay, yeah. so everyone who doesn't know, Christina works for Dinner Party Download. Yes. You guys should go see that. I feel like that's It's sold great. out. Damn. Yeah. Well, then you should like go shake someone down. You already like, has tickets or hope someone dies and the tickets go back or they like go really broke and they have to get a <laughs> refund. Yeah. Is a refund possible? It's not officially sold out, but you can't buy tickets. So it's like a complicated situation. But we have some really cool guests and I'm really excited to be a part of it. It's at the Ace. Uh, Jason, I have trouble saying this name because of my accent. Jason Schwartzman. Uh Uh-huh. Father John Misty. I love him. And Jenny Slate. Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah. a great show. Yeah. That's going to be really, really fun. Well, wait, can I get a fucking ticket? Yeah, I have one for you. Uh, okay. You want, Mom is coming. It. When is it? Uh, January 28th. Oh, my God. I'll so fucking be there. I love the Ace. I was just there for the True Romance Live Read, my favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend and I are really drunk, and we left to go get married in Vegas. This isn't even a joke. We left to go get married in Vegas, and then, like, halfway to my house to go pick up the dog. I was like, ah. We were like, let's just chill on this. And then I broke up with him the other day. So... <laughs> 
thankfully I didn't get married, but the last time I was at the Ace Hotel, I almost got married. So that's a really good, that's a really good, exciting thing. Yeah. God, can you imagine how stupid that would be if I got married? You would like not even be talking, like you'd be so furious with me. I would be pretty angry. We were just talking about marriage with our guest today. <laughs> Mitchell Sunderland is here. Uh, Hello. Hey. Hi. We never met in real life, um, but I'm a fan of your work and I reached out to you because I wanted to talk to the man who met Rachel Dolezal IRL and spent a day, which your piece was amazing. Four days. Oh my God. That's amazing. That's okay. So, she, and then I, when I emailed you, you were like, I can see if Rachel will be mine being put in touch. I was like, oh no, I was asking for you, but if Dolezal's an option. And then I talked with Christina about it, and Christina was like, I don't really know if I want Rachel Dolezal on the pod. Because also, I don't know if you know this, we are also on Loudspeakers Network. I don't know how popular it would be with the average listener base of our. Not just that, but also like me as a person of color was very uncomfortable with it. Right. No, totally. I mean, it just wouldn't be necessarily the greatest marketing move either for us. And then. (laughs) She'd give great advice though. Well, then this is, and then I had a moment where I was like, Christina, this is a woman who is highly educated. She is an achiever. Like let's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say I respect her achievement of becoming the head of the Spokane chapter of the NAACP, but that is not an easy thing to do. I just find what she did really reprehensible. But I think, yeah, I know. I mean, I know, but so then it it is hashtag is complicated, but I really think that, well, well, this is assuming like, I'm assuming that she's a person that is like a, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I think the most important thing I took away from four days with her (laughs) in her baby shower. Yeah. Oh, my uh, God. Is that she grew up in a Christian border. Like she grew up in a household that was highly, highly Christian where women were not allowed to wear pants and she was homeschooled. So she didn't grow up in our America. So she didn't necessarily learn. So everything she so she's coming. It's almost like she grew up in another culture. Sure, yeah. I, I completely understand. And her that. parents told her that like she to hate her body and to feel guilty, so it makes sense that she feels so separate from her body in a yeah. way. Yeah. Which doesn't excuse everything that's happened, but I think it's a complicated story. Yeah. But I think she'd be good at giving advice just in the sense that she's survived growing up in a crazy Christian cult like atmosphere and then also has become the most hated woman in America. Yeah. Um, without apologizing. Yeah. Anything. So I think I imagine she'd have some good advice. Did you see when they gave her like a standing ovation on the talk for admitting she was born white? That made me unco- the the talk thing made me uncomfortable. It made me super uncomfortable. Well, also it was just like it was it looked like bullying to be honest. It was very uncomfortable to watch. But that said, so my thought process when then I you know, I talked about it with Christina and I was like I agree, it's a little weird, but then I was like she's smart. She went to Howard. That's not an easy college to get into. Doesn't she have a masters? In fine art, yeah. Okay, so that's a person which who, you just railed against in the yeah, last episode. Well, I mean, but that's that I did. I'm like, if you're getting a fucking master's degree in fine arts, wasting your life. Um, yeah. So, but that's a you know, we've had all sorts of types on here, and we've never had a type like that. So, uh, I I thought you know, let's maybe humanize Dole's all, not talk about the race issue, yeah, and just hear what she thinks about um some bitchy girl like fighting with a friend on Please Advise, yeah. Uh, so, but I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I, I just can't imagine. Tell me everything. What did her house smell like? Um, <laughs> it just smelled clean. Like it was, it was a clean house, but you know how some clean houses don't have a scent? Yeah. If anything, it smelled like acorns. Okay. Ooh, that's a very um, specific memory. Yeah. And there were pumpkins outside. I don't know. It was a very like, 
it, it was a homey house, minus the drawing of the KKK on the wall, chasing the little black girl. Oh, my God. Um, but it was a homey house, and I she was nice. She was a kind. I just think she... I think she got left out. I think everyone just jumped to conclusions without going asking. Because, I mean, it looks bad. It doesn't look good. Yeah, no, but no one went and asked the question because everyone was under the perception that this was something she did. She started doing a few years ago for financial gain, but she didn't get any money out of it. And she also, I spoke to her ex-boyfriends going back 20 years, and they were all like, yeah, this has always been a thing. Wow. It's been a thing since college. Were most of her exes black? Were they all black? Uh, one of them was black and one of them was white. I spoke to two of them. Okay. And they both knew. And they both had always known. And the one ex, who is the more recent ex, yeah. said that at first it was the kind of thing where she, like, if you asked her, like, Rachel, are you biologically white? Which is the terminology she prefers. Yeah. Um, she would say, yes, I am. Um, but then what happened was when her adopted her adopted brother, who uh, who alleges, a lot of allegedly's in here, yeah. alleges that his adopted parents, who are Rachel's biological parents, abused him. When Rachel took him in and she basically adopted him, Yeah, and he became her son on paperwork, he sure. asked her to lie to everyone and say that she was his biological mother because he was so traumatized from being adopted. Sure. And then it spiraled out of control. So, real, okay, so... Is it confirmed that he asked her to do that? Like he, he had, told me that, and Rachel told me that. Okay. Um, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't not make sense, you know. I mean, and also, yeah, I'm, we talk I'm like a lot, starting to piece it together now. Yeah. We talk a lot on this show about the questions that people ask each other in real life that are just like, "How much money do you make? Like, uh, you know, um, when are you going to get married? Uh, like those sorts of like none of your fucking business questions. Like her. I have never asked someone like maybe actually no I think I've asked someone like what's your ba- what's your ethnic background but I've never really like, been like were you born white and it's never occurred to me to ask someone that I, I guess I mean I don't did you- I've never asked someone if they were born white but I mean like I do ask people what their ethnic background every once in a while just like as I'll ask another like Latino person what they are and if someone lied to you would you or lied to you if someone gave you an answer well that she wasn't- wouldn't lie though it was it just became a thing where then when the son, the adopted son, asked her to do it, that's when she started taking care of her 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 face a little more. Okay. She put darkening on black it. Well, I went in her bathroom and I went through. Oh, the, she just had like bronzer? Yeah, it was just bronzer. And like there wasn't, there was nothing else. Like, and oh. the bathroom was not clean. So it wasn't like it had been cleaned up for me. And it looked just like bronzer. When okay. I, so... I Wait, think how was, not clean was her bathroom? But I mean, she's still applying something to, like, not look white. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it wasn't, like, literal. And to emulate, paint. like, another race. Yes, exactly. She was doing that. But that – she didn't start worrying about her look as much, she says, until the brother who became the adopted son asked her to. And so she knew that if she was going to lie and say he was her biological son, she had to worry about what she looked like more. I mean, it's kind of in a weird – It's a complicated I, I thing. have to ask, like, why – like, okay, if I just, like, went to Sephora tonight – and went five shades down and make up forever, I don't think I would look like more than an idiot. Like, I don't think it would, like, you know what I mean? It yeah. just, it, it's, ah, dull as all. I don't even, I mean, I don't even know. I, I can't, I, I, I almost can't. I just can't, I can't. But it's like, I, I mean, I, I, she has to be a little mentally ill. She seemed sound. I think it's just, I think that we as, 
I mean, I think this is a woman. Her, who, like her normal is different. Because as I was saying, she didn't grow up in like our, our like while yeah. everyone else was watching MTV dating shows, she's in a house where women can't wear pants. Yeah. So like that alone, because she grew up like she was a kid during the, the heyday of MTV. So while everyone else is watching like Jenny McCarthy on MTV, this girl is dressed like a, like, like a polygamist. Yeah. Not allowed to wear pants. Isn't allowed to watch TV. Um... And her parents tell her her body's hideous. And she showed me, like, when she was a kid, like a five-year-old, she was painting her face different colors. So from a young age, there's something going on with, like, I hate my body. The crayon thing was really interesting. Yeah, she literally painted her face different colors. And Like, she showed us photo after photo after photo after photo after photo. And she also alleges that there was child molestation. Yeah. That she was molested. So when you mm. add it all up, it makes yeah. sense that someone would need a new identity. After yeah. all that trauma, it just so happens that when she chose that new identity. Well, people do it in all sorts of different there ways. Is a, it's, it's, you know, it has effects in our society. And it touched, she right. managed to touch upon so many major controversial issues between, especially last year. Like if this happened five years ago, I don't think it would have been as big of a story. Yeah. Because she touched upon Black Lives Matter. She touched right. upon the Caitlyn Jenner yeah. Uh, story. Yeah. Oh my God. People comparing her to Kate. I mean, she touched upon transracial. It was, and the other thing is, like, she was not a public figure. Like, this isn't like she wasn't. It was a, a little bit of a witch hunt. I have to be honest. When I was like, wait, what the f- like? Who is this lady? The head of the Spokane, Washington? And yeah, of, I mean, like, the media is gross. The media is gross. That's yeah, very true. Speaking of media, but, you work you know. in it, uh, <laughs> and we both uh, do. That's you the work thing. Broadly, right? Yes, I work so, at Broadly, Vice's women's channel. Yes, and you were just saying that you live in Koreatown, which is a city that I spent my first five years in Los Angeles living in. Love mm-hmm. Koreatown. You were just saying that you had to get an apartment, Mad Dash in LA, kind of what happened to me too. Yeah. Um, because Ann Coulter took up all your time the same day. We were well, Vice had sent me out, because I was working in Vice's LA, uh, New York office where I'd worked for several years. Yeah. And I was out in LA to find an apartment and then also do this profile of Ann Coulter um, about how she's a gay icon in uh-huh. her own right and how she's mostly friends with gay guys. And I usually when you do these celebrity profiles, you get like, if you're lucky, you get half a day. Sure. Uh, Ann Coulter, who I didn't even think would let me do a profile of her to begin with. Yeah. Because I had just cold emailed her and I basically said to her, "My, I'm the bastard child of a Republican donor who owns dog farms and I'm gay and I feel like I should profile you because I hit all the marks. Okay. And I just got an email back from her that said the subject line was, was let's do it. And the body of the email just said when slash where. Love. So then I, she lives out here and she has a, she lives in New York too, but she's bi-coastal, sure. but she prefers LA. And so I came out here and I thought we were just going to get like lunch and then go to dinner with her friends. But it turned into first, we went to lunch in Beverly Hills and then we went shopping on Rodeo <laughs> and then we went to Cartier. The best part was someone, a canvasser was on Rodeo Drive and he asked her if she cared about gay rights and she laughed in his face and then flicked her hair. <laughs> and then said no. <laughs> and oh then my God. we went to Cartier. Did that guy not realize? No, but a homeless man did. Because when we were at lunch, <laughs> oh my God, that's a amazing. homeless man walks up to her and he goes, Ann Coulter, provocateur, pound it. And she was like, <laughs> yeah. And she like told him to come into the restaurant because we were sitting on like the outside part. And he like came into the onto the outside part and she pounded it with the homeless man. Provocateur. And I love that. We went, and some of this didn't even make it a story because we had so much access. So then we went to a conservative talk show that is ran by a gay conservative 
And the oh, other, the what's other, with the gay conserv- we had a gay conservative club at BC, and I. It just makes didn't... sense in some ways because Daddy loved me. No, I mean, you uh, have, I mean, the, it's not like gay men as a statistic are like, even though they make less than straight men, you have they're still making more than women. Sure, and there's two of them. Most of them don't have kids. Right. So they're obviously worried about taxes. Yeah. And then the other thing is they're all free speech nuts. Yeah. Because like the basis of camp and the basis of a lot of gay sensibilities is political incorrectness. Sure. And so Ann Coulter comes into play because she is this kind of like free speech icon. Sure. And also like she like as a gay icon, like she has blonde hair. Yeah. She has nice boobs. She's really pretty. She dresses well. She's very politically incorrect. She has a great sense of humor. She loves margaritas and cigarettes. What um, cigarettes does she smoke? She doesn't smoke cigarettes anymore, but she eats, chews more nicotine gum than anyone I've ever seen in my Amazing. life. Amazing. Um, like compulsively, like wrappers all over the table. That makes by the total end of sense. Yeah. What I was going to say is that you 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 are as a person so much more than just your sexuality. So I mean, it makes sense that like people can have different. Can be gay and be conservative because that's not the only I mean, aspect I also, of their I, lives. I just, it's like, I, to me, it makes as little sense as like a, a Republican uh, single mom on welfare. It makes no sense to me. I just don't understand. It's like, seems like it. Yes. I mean, here I think it's, mo- it's free speech and taxes. And I think it's one of those, a gay conservative put it really well to me. He said, we used to live in a McDonald's world where you'd order yeah. like a meal and like everyone was a, a was a number two or number one, but now we live in a Chipotle meal where your politics are a little more taking. Yes, you'll have the lettuce and you'll have the soy, and you you won't have the tomatoes. You'll have green salsa, and that's kind of how everyone's politics are now. And so I think for a lot of these guys, it's like they have they have to do a pro and con list. Sure. And if their free speech and taxes are more important to them than gay marriage or homeless people, then they end up conservative. Or like health program. I mean, like millions of things. Like I just don't. I just don't understand. I just don't understand. I mean, they're wealthier guys, though. They're not like. Yeah. No, like, I guess you know. Honestly, what blows my mind. Period is Republicans, and then when you slap on things like women and gay, I'm just like, come on, like come on. You cannot believe this shit. Like you cannot believe you're really helping anyone. I'm have an you, independent, you, for the record. I am not a gay Republican. I'm just explaining their. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not point. even. I'm not even suggesting that you're Twitter, a gay Republican. Just people on Twitter. Mitchell, so everyone <laughs> got that. Mitchell Sunderland is a gay Republican. He like literally told me that he doesn't believe in abortion right before we started. Uh, no, he is not. You guys, back off the. Twitter I love viewer. abortion. Back up. You love. He loves abortion. You guys. I endorse abortion. We need more abortion. Choice. Okay. So. um well, okay, so how did you get started? You're 24. That's so impressive that you're 24. You have this great full-time job. You're from Miami. When did you – how did this – like, where did you go to school? When, how did you – I um, – my parents owned pet stores. Okay. And I did not want to work in a pet store like all my relatives or own a puppy farm like all my other relatives. So – or manage a puppy store like my mom's boyfriends. Yeah. And so <laughs> – I wanted to go to New York to be a writer, so I just applied to a bunch of schools in New York, and I said I was going to go to the one that gave me the most money, Mm because I thought taking out loans for that was retarded. Uh, No, it's fine. I say it all the time. I thought taking out loans for that was stupid, Mm -hmm. and then... (laughs) Molly says it. I don't approve of it, but, you know. Um, I I just can't unlearn it. I thought it was was stupid, and so... But then I ironically got a scholarship to Sarah Lawrence, 
Um, and so I went. It was a disaster because I was always getting in trouble for my big mouth. Like I got I got banned from a safe space. Okay. Because by a straight girl. There was this place called the Tea House, which my senior year was turned into a safe space for for I don't even know whom because it's Sarah Lawrence. Like everyone is, no one's straight. Is the whole thing a safe space? Yeah, no one's straight. Everyone has a drug problem. Like (laughs) nobody's like hot. Like the whole (laughs) campus is a safe space. And so, but they made this tea house, which originally was just where like, like ugly burlesque people hung out. Okay. But then it became like a safe space ran by this, this like tyrannical fascist heterosexual. Okay. And, I was in the safe space with another faggot, and I said to this other faggot, I called him a faggot. And we were reading that crazy sorority girl's letter from a few years ago, and she said faggot a lot in it. So I said faggot maybe like 10 times. And this straight girl starts screaming at me that I'm homophobic and like, and that I'm damaging the safe space and I'm making people feel feel like I might be violent against homosexuals. And I was like, I'm a faggot. He's a faggot. We're okay with the word faggot. Um, we, like, I've sucked so much cock. Like, <laughs> I've been bullied. I've had people, like, yell at me in the street in, like, Key West who are homeless. Like, I've felt unsafe, but I can say faggot because I'm a faggot. It's a little Jezebel, like, uh, angry for the sake of anger sort of thing. Well, then she hung up a sign about me, though, and said, no. and I was banned from this safe space, and she put up a sign about homophobia. With your first and last name? She didn't put my first and last name, but it was very clear that the sign about homophobia was because of me. All right. And while I was leaving, she was, like, yelling at me, and she wanted me to apologize. And the other faggot was, like, he's not going to apologize. Like, don't ask him. Like, you're just making this worse. And I was like, I'm not apologizing. Like, I'm a faggot. I can say faggot. Like, that's... I think you just did, like, 27 times. Yeah. <laughs> so that was Sarah Lawrence. But then my... Um, <laughs> that, like, sums up m- m- most of my experiences at that school. God, that's such a great... That is such a great image of, like, what are, What do you think what that m- woman's, like, mental journey was? Is that, like, she just... It's, like... She heard the word, it upset her, and she was like, that word is bad. Like, Even it, though she's straight. Right, exa- exactly. It's like, but it's like when, it's like her brain can't make an exception well, I mean, for like the he, one scenario in which it's like, prob- it's probably completely appropriate. Yeah, I mean, maybe she was just too overzealous about her being an ally, I guess. Yeah. To the point where they she then turned into like yeah. the problem. And by the way, I'm no one wants a fucking her. ally like that, by the way. Like no one wants an ally. I don't know a black person who appreciates it. I don't know a gay person. I don't know a woman who appreciates it. No one needs an ally that's going to be like literally up your asshole because you decided that everything was wrong. That's fucked up. Fuck that lady. Fuck you. Um, Do you know her name? Let's say it. I don't remember okay. her name. <laughs> um, okay, continue. And then my sophomore year, I applied. I w- that was just his freshman year. <laughs> <laughs> no, that actually happened my senior year, so we're going back. Okay. Um, my sophomore year, I didn't know what kind of writer I wanted to be, but I got bumped into this journalism class. Sure. Which I did not. I liked Vanity Fair and stuff, and I liked long articles, but I didn't think I could ever do it. And then around the same time, do you remember the cement butt thing? No. There was in Florida, there was a drag queen, uh, not a drag queen, my mistake. Oh, she was yes. a trans woman yes. who was doing illegal butt injections with cement. Ooh. And then it ended up that my mom's housekeeper, who was my childhood nanny, that the the alleged nurse, who I think he got off, but but he was accused of being the nurse 
and the the financial in-betweener for these butt injections. Okay. And the name of the trans woman who was doing the injections. And she had done the injections on herself. Yeah. And basically given herself a transition all with by her without anyone else's help. Yeah. And she was supposed to be the most beautiful and she's trans full woman of in cement. Florida. Yes. And her name was the Duchess. And my mom was watching TV with her house cleaner. Yeah. And they were watching a Spanish talk show. And on the talk show was the uh, the accused butt nurse. Mm-hmm. And one of the victims picked up a needle and flung it at his face. <gasps> and it hit him in the forehead. And, and then my mom's housekeeper was like, that's my accountant. No way. Who, so then I was just telling my professor this casually. And he was like, you have to do a story on this. So I went to Florida on spring break, like when everyone else goes to spring break to like do drugs and blow strippers. And in between doing that, I like went, this guy also had like a fake American idol that he ran out of a chicken wing restaurant and he drove a Bentley. Yeah. And I just like walked up to his Bentley and I was just like, I'm like, I've heard your cues to being like the butt nurse and I want to profile you. And he was like, okay. And so then I did that. And then I got an internship at Vice. Um, and then when I was an intern, um, before that, I was a pool boy at Trump Towers. Okay. Um, and I, so, like, I was good at, like, folding. I was good at just doing, like, whatever anyone needed me to do. Because sure. when you're a pool boy, that's, like, you that's just, your like. your job. You're a bitch. Yeah, you're, like, dealing, you're, like, just assisting real housewife types. Yeah. So I was good at being an intern, and I would just do crazy. I was down to do crazy stuff. Like, one time, they asked me to have sex with a robot and write about it. And I did. Oh, my God. So, wait, what kind of robot? It was, like, a robotic vagina. Okay. Was it gross? Um, I mean, it was fine. Like, was, it ain't a boy's butthole. Was but the like, mental hurdle there for you? Like, was it mostly about just, like, I'm not Well, the machine sex- malfunctioned and, like, chew, like, like, hurt my dick at one point. Oh, but, my God. Um, and they also, like, so, yeah, like, so I would just do crazy stuff and also report. And so then they hired me freelance. And then they hired me part-time when I was a senior. And then they hired me full-time when I graduated. That's amazing. That's a great story. Yeah. So, guys, just go get it. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Because, by the way, no, you're exactly – I mean, that's serious. Exactly. Yeah. You, this is what – exactly what people – first of all, I'm not at all shocked at how easy it was to get that profile because people just want to – like, not Ann, the butt guy. Yeah. Because people – want to talk people love to be heard and people are like i had a big piece written about me they don't know that you're a college kid they just want someone to write about them yeah just go do it also don't write about your personal life you don't write about why not don't don't why i think it's just i think that you should only do it if you're getting a big paycheck is my opinion on writing about your personal life because every time i've written about my personal life which was always my own choice no one ever made me do it yeah it always had really bad ramifications and I also think that, like, skills-wise, if you can report, you have a leg up on every think piece blogger. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's probably true. I was lucky that I could write personally and then transition to TV, I have to say. That was probably, like, there's, a, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there about me. But I have very strict rules. I feel like you, for about what I what it is I will and won't share, I feel like you're one of those people, probably, I would guess, that you're like, this isn't flattering about me, but I'm going to put it out there anyway. Yeah, which I mean, I'm, I'm fine of doing it with myself. But then, like, when I was in, I went abroad to Oxford my junior year. Yeah. And I don't know if you know anything about the gay scene at Oxford. Not but really. It is, <laughs> like, a really weird thing where you'll see, like, 
the rich kids will only top and the poor kids will only be the bottom. That is dark. It's very 1800s. Like one time I was at a bar and this allegedly straight man came up to me and he grabbed my dick in like in a in a in a club. Like he just went and grabbed it. And yeah. I was like, aren't you straight? Is all I said. And he goes, oh, don't mind me. It's just a British thing. And it was just like a lot of weird stuff like that. And I wrote a personal essay about it while I was abroad because I didn't – I think when you're young, you don't understand the difference between writing something for like two people on your Tumblr and uh-huh. then writing for like a bigger publication. So were you – I see I would have written about it once I was already gone. I did it in the middle of it. Yeah, that's – I would not recommend yeah, that. Yeah, I would not recommend that. No, and I've no never one, done that. No one wanted me to write in the middle of it, but I was like insistent that I would do it. And everyone was like, maybe you should do this later. And I was like, no, I'm going to do it now. What could go wrong? And oh, the answer yeah. was everything. Okay, so I think I would preface that with if you are going to write about your personal life, time it out well. I I've I've the only thing I've ever written about like Leave while it was happening first. was like a break was like a breakup and it was I didn't care if I burnt his world down. So I just did. Um, but for the most part, I kind of, yeah, I, no, you got to time that shit out. You got to wait for, till And also listen attention. to people who are older than you. Cause I had people older than me tell me like, don't do that. And I was like, ah, and they were right. That's actually really good advice for people in their like early twenties. Yes. Looking back, I should have listened to so many people. But and you I know, didn't. there is also a, cause I'm like, the rules are different now, but no, sometimes the rules. Oh never no. Change. I mean, no, I, I definitely <laughs> look back on how, tactfully like someone like Jim Gibson for example was always like so kind in telling me like Molly like that's not a good look or like uh you know um when you know in 10 years you'll probably feel a little bit differently about that so I wouldn't totally invest my my your, I mean Jim Gibson has basically called every single breakup I've ever had like a year in advance so and it's because like he's you know I yeah and but I I Deal with like when I dealt with like my cousins, for example, like I'm I'm constantly want to yell at them for not like get your shit together. We've talked about this, man. We have like a career plan for you. And then, and when it doesn't happen, I get super pissed. But I realized I had to learn all those lessons myself. There was it was never enough for me to uh, learn by proxy. Yeah, because everyone told me not to do these things. And everyone was like, you should just report. Yeah. And I was like, and now I'm like, yep, everyone just go report. Yeah. I mean. Also, it's fun to report. You get to go and meet, like, last year, you know, you go to Cartier with Ann Coulter. You go to baby showers with Rachel Dolezal. I mean, I'm impressed by reporting. It's just, it would never, it's, it's I'm, I'm impressed by it, but it just would never be the type, right type of writing for me. Yeah. I don't think I would feel I fulfilled. just mean for young people, like, who want to. Yeah, no, you're right. do the online thing. It's like, go report. I was telling – I said that to my cousin the other day. I said, like, just go research the fuck out of something and write it as if you're writing it for mm-hmm. whatever big magazine you want to write for. So, Mitchell, um, before we go into our calls today, I wanted to ask you, do you have three reasons why you're qualified to give advice? I'm from Florida. I'm 24 and I have health care. Amazing. And then um, – Health care that's not from the government. Yes, it's not from the government. That doesn't count. <laughs> that doesn't count because they don't. I have Obamacare. <laughs> yeah, they don't. It doesn't work anywhere. I know. It's like I don't. Writer's yeah. Guild barely works anywhere, and like that's uh, you don't even know how much I. Oh man! All right. Anyway, um, keep and then going. the third one is I'm sober at 24. That's good. Well, what happened? What? What? Did you have a moment? 
many moments. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think there are many, like, maybe this is a bad idea. Like, one, my mom has a bad mom's club, which is like a mom, yeah. group of moms that she parties with. And I was on Fire Island with her bad mom friend, Barbie. And I blacked out, and Barbie found me on a pier. Was it drinking or was it drugs and stuff? It too? was just drinking. I was never into drugs. Like, I didn't even like weed. Like, it was just like, alcohol and it wasn't the kind of thing where like i just liked like a glass of wine right like it well, was like a kim richards thing sure. it was like i had to drink the whole box of wine you were you had six shopping carts outside of a van nuys target wondering yeah, what the hell was going on yeah, yeah. And, like when i was in england i had this um i would get into bar fights which like i'm six foot two and like 144 pounds i cannot imagine you throwing a punch I or even having punch, the desire to think people like one time i was outside of a pub in england and I just started calling – it was a gay pub, but uh-huh. I just started calling guys faggots. Yeah. And uh, they, got, they got really mad, and someone came up to me, and they were like, you know, you can't do that. And I said – and when I lived in Florida, I never wanted to be the person who said this. This was always, like, my fear in life. Yeah. And I said, I don't know who you think I am, but I'm from Miami, bitch, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> Which is, you don't know who I am. You don't know where I come from. That's I'm sure exactly Miami pulls a lot of weight outside of a gay British pub. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it's Check just, it just means like, oh, you're crazy. You're even crazier. And, and by so, the way, you're not from Miami. You're from Hollywood, Hollywood Florida. Florida. Where Anna Nicole died, and also my Janice Dickinson Kevin was born there. Oh no way! Yeah, Janice, where Janice was born, and Anna died. Do you know Kevin Alaka or Christine Alaka? No. They're a family that I went to college with. Kevin was in my sketch group with me. His younger sister, Christine, was really pretty. She was a freshman when we were seniors. Was and she they're from, from Hollywood, Hollywood, Florida. Did they go to like Catholic school? They sound Catholic. Uh, they were, yeah, Catholic. And then Boston College they're is probably a Jesuit part of school. The Catholic church that turned against my family. Probably. Prob- um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, don't know how, I don't know how Catholic Kevin is on the day to day. You guys, 323-450-7408. That's where you can call if you want to say anything about today's show or if you have questions. And we're going to take our questions for this week now. Moles, you're just as awesome on the phone as you were on Twitter. Uh, my name is Sarah. Uh, handle on Twitter name is Salabits. You may remember me. Um, my dilemma right now is I am a 29-year-old lesbian who works with plenty of pretty girls who enjoy getting my attention um, when given to them, because, you know, girls apparently love attention, especially when another girl finds them very pretty. However, one girl in particular seems to kind of let me on a little bit. She liked my attention, and, uh, you know, now she wants to kind of be distant. It's kind of a longer story, but my dilemma is, do I pull back? I My instinct tells me to just pull back, be distant, thank you, and I would appreciate any help you can give me. Bye. Okay, so it's celibates again uh, from earlier about my distance with girls from work who like my attention but don't want anything from me. So I recently set up a straight OkCupid account and have been bombarded by men and their messages and their horrible pickup lines, and they request more pics from me, even though I have six uploaded, yet they only have one selfie of themselves. So my whole kind of question is, how do you straight girls handle all that? How do you weed through all the creeps and the weirdos and the horrible jokes and everything that goes along with it? It's just kind of baffling to me, and it's a whole new world to me, not to sound like Ariel, but it is. 
So I'm trying to cope, and I'm trying to see how you straight girls do it. And I could use the advice on how to handle it. And, yeah, again, celibate on Twitter. Thank you. Have a great, blessed day. Okay, so I have literally no experience with this first part. I've never – I mean, I've, I've led men on at work, but I think we all agree that, uh, like, you know, if you're, like, a creepy man and you are a creep, then – it's okay if a young girl leads you on. <laughs> I think it's actually really fucked up that these girls are leading you on, though. I think that that's really like, what I mean, I don't. What, what would you do? I mean, I've experienced this not in a work setting, um, but in like a school setting or sure. in a bar room setting where straight guys want a gay guy's attention. And have I blown some of them? Yeah. Do I recommend blowing them? No. And I think you shouldn't double down, but you should back the fuck off. Yeah. And get out of this because you're even let's say like she lets you like eat the Thundercat. Like even if she goes there, like the reality is, is that she's never going to love you and she just wants attention and it will just lead to a broken heart. So Abort the mission. And you sound like a little sweetheart, too. Doesn't she seem like a sense? I mean, like, she sounds sensitive you can get, to me. Also, you can get a girl. Like, you can go get a girl who likes girls. Because I used to just, like... It's a very small dating pool for them, I, I know, but say. I'm just saying, though, like, I, I think that, like... Because I know some ugly-ass motherfuckers who are taken and have nice boyfriends with money. And I think anyone can date. And it's a confidence thing. And I know I used to just go after these guys who, like, I knew, like, white rapper That's types. That's the truth is anyone can date. And that is such a good no, message. No, I love a white rapper with tattoos. Like, that's my... Th- that, <laughs> that's your like, type? That's, that's like, very Florida. So are you to, like... Like, Marshall Mathers oh, is your babe? What is his babe? name? Um, Machine Gun Ritz? Kelly is, like, oh, yeah. my number one. But, okay. like... No, who was the one with like the braids that went to Katy Perry with like oh, the uh, Jody High men. Roller? Uh, White fucking, men should not um, get braids. Riffraff. Riffraff. Going on record is that. Are you into like riffraff? No, no. I like. I'm a attracted gun- to riffraff. I want a machine gun Kelly, like like a skinny boy. He mu- looks like he might have a heroin problem. Yeah. Um, who like that's my type. But, I, I I like a little bit dead looking too. Yeah, but if you go after these, like, but you can get a girl who loves you. So don't go after these girls who are just going to give you attention because, like, what are you going to get at most? Like, oh, uh, like thirty minute Thundercat session. Like, I don't know. <laughs> You've had a straight guy, a straight guy, give you a blowjob. Any boy who is like, oh, I'm straight, but I'm just going to give you like a bro job is gay. Like, let's be real. Like, he's gay. Like, yeah, he could be bisexual. He's probably gay. Um, he could be bisexual. That happens in her occasions, but he most likely like is gay. And- yeah, I mean, I hate to say it. It's like I really, I know very few purely bisexual men. I know a few. They do exist, and I do know some that are in this situation. But I think in this situation, these girls just want attention, and fuck that. Okay. Part of it could be they want attention. The other part of it can be like, and you hear this from guys all the time, is that you know. Girls can be nice in a way that seems like they're kind of into you. Right. And that happens. Yeah. That's a real thing. Yeah. And so you just kind of have, like, straight girls need to be aware of that when they're... But yeah, just go after... And also don't fuck people But wait, no, I don't think that's... I don't think... I think straight girls can... But that's also, like, an interpretation thing. Like, I don't that's think true. it's a straight girl's problem that, like, something she's doing is perceived as flirting. So that's the thing that she has to correct. No, 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 no. You know? I meant in the sense that, like, oh, my God, if you, like... If I was gay, like, I would totally... Oh, that's... I mean, that's, well, that's what just, I meant. Sorry. That's, that's like that's a fucked up weird 
like thing that an 18 year old says at a party. Like that's like something that some an annoying like child says. And then you're like, yeah, if you were gay, like blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, if you were like, what, what does that mean? You don't know what you would do if you but were gay. But also just don't have sex with people at work. I think as a good life rule, I will give you a life, something from my own experience to promise. So that will make you know it's a bad yeah. decision. My mom cheated on my dad with a dog breeder. Oh boy. Um, and then that dog breeder became my stepdad when I was 10. And here's the kicker. When I was 23, I found out the dog breeder was actually my father. And they had to keep it a secret, and it got more complicated because of business transactions. So I think the main moral of this story is don't even consider fucking anyone at work, regardless if they're straight or gay. Just don't do it. Oh my god! Well, they got they got divorced when I was thirteen. They had a short marriage. Yeah. Okay, okay. But basically, my mom had an affair with someone in the industry. Had a child with him. Had to lie about it, and it got messy with work. And, and did your your not biological dad, but the dad that you thought was your biological dad, did he know he wasn't your biological dad? No, my mom told me that he knew, and then I came home after she told me and I was really mad at him and I sent him all these texts telling him he was dead to me and I hate him and then he came out of his bedroom and he's like why are you so mad and I was like mom said you know that I'm not your kid and he like burst into tears and collapsed which you never want to see a straight man do oh my god holy shit babe that's a big that's not cool of your mom but the moral is just don't fuck anyone at work Gay or straight. I mean, I would say my personality really shines in a workplace. And I think that's why I always have such hardcore Don't work. Don't shit where you eat. I think you I, need to I have, always like, shit where I eat. You need to have divisions. Like, you have the friend column, the work column. Friends and work can – that those can overlap. I'm the less into that. The needs to be a separate column. I'm less into work and I'm friends into overlapping than I am sex and work. I realize this. I – I, I kind of barely barely speak to any of my old coworkers, and the reason why is I don't get paid to do it anymore. And like that is, I think that's a hard pill for some of them to swallow. I've been approached about it a couple of times, but fact of the matter is, I I don't get paid to do that anymore, so I'm not going to. But uh, maybe I maybe we can fuck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's like literally no one to fuck at my old job. Is all lesbians and gay guys. Um, I mean, I guess I could have fucked one of the lesbians, but that, I don't think that would have been. But then you would be these girls yeah. in this story. Yeah. So anyway, so don't do that. I guess Mitchell's right. Um, and then as for the second thing, I have to say, so are you admitting that you're do- having a catfish moment? Like, why are you, if you're. You also ma- don't do this. I mean, you said you were a lesbian. You didn't identify as bi. So when you say you set up a straight okay, Cupid profile, I'm not, that's not what you asked. You asked. How do we um, combat all of this attention? Well, I'll tell you something. Straight girls like attention from guys. And so that's uh, the way that I deal with it is that I either accept or reject it based on whether or not I think you're hot. And that's that's how you deal with it. I also think – I mean I can't speak for women, but I can speak for as a gay guy who's had messages that are just like butthole picture question mark yeah. um, that I also enjoy that. Yeah. Um, so I just – you know, <laughs> I mean, I when someone starts asking me for more pics, it's pretty obvious we're not there for the same reason, and so it's pretty. I don't know, gay guys. It's we're right. Well, because it's like a pic 
like my whole thing with nudes is like a few days ago someone who lives in like another city asked me for nudes and i was just like no because the whole point of nudes is this is like are we gonna do this yeah it's like an investment right and then and then the investment may pay off if you also send back a nice picture right and then i may come over um and so it's like a nude is just like part of you know it's a very formulated on the gay apps i kind of wish that there was a dating site besides craigslist where you could just not deal with the pictures because i i mean i i I just i i for the the pictures i know i mean you need to know what the dick looks like this is why i think that you have to have five this is why you have to have five text exchanges and then you decide am i going to ask this person to meet me for a drink or no and then you show up because it doesn't matter how hot someone is in the pics. Like if they skeeve you in real life, like their vibes are toxic or weird. I'm not letting your penis near me. Like I don't. Yeah. I just got to get to the date. I mean, there's I mean, for me, it's like if I want to date you, I'm not going to send you a nude. Um, But like if this is a grinder thing, you better best send a dick pic because so there's no relationships happening on grinder. It's all like fuck. It's like fucking grinder. That's how grinder works. So, hey, dude, because they love when you call them dude or bro because it makes them feel like men. Like, you oh, never yeah. say, like, hey, like, baby. No one says that, like, like, heteronormative more Yeah, pandemic. like, hey, dude. And you always send it to, like, some femme twink. Like, hey, bro. And they love that. But And then they're like, then they're like, what's up, man? And you're like, just hanging and looking kind of horny. And he's like, yeah, me too, dog. And then he's like, they also love if you call them dog. Like, any masculine right. term. Like, Why do you think that is? I think because they all have masculinity complexes because, like, they came out when they were 19 and nobody ever picked them on the softball team. Right. Um, That's all. How old were you when you came out? I was 13. Love it. Because I just, like, I I thought I was straight though all middle school. Like, I even dated a girl and we even hooked up. How far did you go? Well, this is when it all went downhill was we were in her grandma's room hooking up. Oh, no. And we went in her closet appropriately. Okay. And I sucked on her boob and my mom had breastfed me till I was five. So I have like, like I don't drink milk. I don't really like dairy products. And it kind of made me have like a bit of a meltdown because her, like I can still to this day remember what my mom's breast milk tastes like. And what does it taste like? Like warm buttery milk like okay. a little more sour than regular milk but warm like it's, okay yeah it's different than a cow's milk so your mom doesn't drink um no she only pills okay um <laughs> and then i had like a meltdown after i sucked on that girl's boob and then i was like jerking off to gay porn eight months later never looked back came out like a year and a half later i love that for you i love a 13 year old come out and like in i mean i guess you are so much you're like a decade younger but than even me so though i have a gay brother who's a year older than me and he came out 10 years after me wow but i just think it depends on the person i also had the personality where like i wouldn't get bullied as much as the other gay kids because i'm i'm a cunt and like because I was so mean, like they wanted, they left me alone. Were your parents surprised? Um, my dad wasn't. My grandpa said no shit. Um, <laughs> was that devastating, Gramps? What? When your grandfather was like, no shit. He didn't care. He had gay friends in the fifties. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, like where you were like, oh, this facade that I was no, putting it's on the whole time. It yeah. was fine. Yeah. But I was getting called fag in like the third grade. You know what? They were right. Like yeah. they were right. I liked show tunes and Madonna in the third grade. Like they were right. They weren't wrong. Yeah. Like, um, but what is what? What were we talking about? Oh, you need to not be catfishing people. 
That's just not, it's not fair. And I also think that people are gonna, like, people are on those apps for legitimate reasons. So It's a legitimate, though, a little bit of a public service that she's doing because she's basically keeping some horn dog that only wants to, like, you know, I mean... These guys, the guys that do that aren't really hot usually, by the way. Yeah, I don't know that. I never fucked with OkCupid. The most, I don't, I, I've never done OkCupid, but I found in my my Tinder and now Raya days. Uh, are, do you know about Raya? Yeah, yeah. I They didn't, I still Babe, I'm famous enough for Raya. Can you even? Um, but um, I matched with like Patrick Schwarzenegger. Oh, I'd fuck him. I mean, he's 23. I'm definitely not fucking him, but it's no, definitely should. the cachet of no, being like. No, he definitely eats ass. Like, he probably likes boys, though. He seems like he'd like boys. Yeah, I just can't really I like. I would love a gay Kennedy. I would, yeah, I mean, a gay Kennedy I would think be there amazing. Has to be one. There's one who came out in the Yale newspaper, but then retracted it, which is such a Kennedy move. Um,. But I don't know. I'd love a gay Kennedy. I'd love to marry a gay politician and like be the problematic wife who's always be amazing getting him for in you. trouble. You'd be really good at being like um, nice at parties, I think, probably. Like, I think you could put it on for like three hours. At yeah, an event. no, and I feel like everyone who works for him would be like, Mitchell's such a problem. He's a liability. But then the people would love me. The You'd people, be like Catherine Dennis. Bottom. Do you watch the, Southern Charm? You could be like Catherine Dennis. Um, No, I don't watch Southern Charm. Uh, oh, it's a really, really But I would like to be like a Southern wife. I think For my a, third husband. It's a very important show that you should watch. There's a lot of great, great work being done on Southern Charm. I will watch it. What channel is it on? Bravo. Oh. Oh, yeah. it's a, oh, it's a reality show? Yeah. Oh, I thought this was like a scripted Don't tell HBO me you're above. Drama. Don't. Oh, no. Don't Obviously, I'm not. I don't watch anything scripted. Okay, good. I'm like such I watch a tragic disaster. Kimmy Schmidt, and that's it. Yeah. I love that show. Other than that, I'm like Beverly Hills Housewife, um, Team Kim, um, and- You're Team Kim? I mean, she to me is the most complicated housewife in the most yeah. interesting one because she was originally a regular famous person. Yeah, I know. And she became she's like a Norman Desmond type. Yeah. She's on the real housewives. Um I just think her manipulate like them you could see the dynamic between Kyle and Kim. Like they're them as child like you could see them as children in that re- like reunion last year when Kim is like going after Kyle and like Kim was clearly in the wrong. Her dog fucking attacked her niece and bit her finger off. Like, yeah. I mean, anyway, Southern Charm is just a really beautiful show about amazing people. I mean, I don't think being on The Housewives has helped the Richard sisters. I don't think so either. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Kyle willing to throw it all all away for a a pilot that may never get picked up. You know, that's why they're not speaking to her, right? Because she sold that show to NBC about like growing being her in the seventies. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she sold a scripted show, and her that's why, like, basically Kathy told her originally, like, it might be better if you don't come to Nikki's wedding. I mean, I don't think it will actually go. That's why I'm a little bit, like, TV is, I just had my writing partner on, and we are, we sold the pilot, we're writing it now, and, like, he said, I mean, every day, it's like, the question is, it's not like, okay, we get one check, and we're going to write this thing, but, like, then what? Like that is most most shows do not get made. Oh yeah, well, probably like ninety five percent. Ah yeah, and then those ones, the ones that do get made, like two percent of those get picked up. So yeah. it's just like it's such a t- it's such a fucking brutal game. I would not risk my relationship with my family I over the two percent no. chance that 
I might have an NBC drama based loosely on my life in the 70s. <laughs> Although I do think that would be really good, my life in the 70s. No, I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I would not risk. I'm team Kim. I'm team the Hiltons. Yeah. Like, I'm um, Hilton Stan. Are you there for Kathy? I love Kathy. Yeah, I do too. I like that she's so fucking cunty. All right, next call. Hey, Malls. Um, I've been a longtime follower of yours, and I finally have a question that I just don't seem to have an answer to. Anyway, I was wondering, I'm in a pretty uh, kinky community, and I just broke up with somebody. And, well, I'm sort of a classy version of the member of this kinky community. I don't know how to explain that. Um, anyway, I don't post pictures and whatnot of uh, up close shots of my genitals on our social networking site. But my ex is now proudly displaying photos of that sort of this new person he's with, which is totally fine by me. I've got no jealousy there or whatever. It's just like this person is totally new and I don't really know what to do about how I'm going to have to interact with them. Anyway, my question kind of boils down to how do you make nice with an ex and their new thing when you've already seen their asshole like super duper up close anyway yeah that's that's my question thanks a lot bye all right so i'm pretty sure no one including you believes the (laughs) you're not jealous part but mitchell has an answer i believe i support most things wendy williams says minus all her transphobia And Wendy always says that unless you have a kid with a motherfucker, you do not speak to them again. You And George Lucas said this, too, about Star Wars. You burn that bridge and you light it on fire. You wash it cratch and you never talk to them again. And I think you have I think you should unfriend the motherfucker. I think you should unfollow him. I don't think you should follow the new girlfriend. Is it are we sure it's a thing with following and unfollowing? Because it sounds like this is just like a community kink board that they all post to. Oh, I thought it was like her boyfriend. You know, it's her. Okay, so it's I'm her. I'm confused because the kink thing. So wrong. she's in a kinky community, and she just and she and her boyfriend are in this kinky. Her ex boyfriend now are in. We're are still in this kinky community together, and now he's posting up close photos of people's assholes. His new what is gr- the his kinky new community? Is this his, just like a form? Well, this is my question. It's like it seems a little bit anti. I mean, I have to tell you, I could never do what you're doing because this is my exact nightmare scenario. Like literally, you didn't from the time you started speaking to the time you hung up, there was not one word in there that I wasn't like, oh, that's like the worst possible thing for me. Um, I uh, I think it's like from my understanding, kind of anti kink of you to like be so judgmental about the fact that some of these people like to post pictures of their assholes. Like, I mean, it's, I seems good. Yeah. I mean, it seems like if you don't want to post a picture of an asshole, don't do that. But as someone who expects to be, um, not judged and like respected for their unique choices, it seems like you're being very judgmental of, you know, if someone wants to post their fucking asshole, then why are you and, and that bothers you? Then why are you in the kink community? Yeah, I mean, number one, I think there's a, I'm just laughing because I love hearing you say asshole. There's a few things here. I think you need to be honest with yourself that you're jealous and this is rooted in jealousy. And I think that 
this is really about you don't want to see that your ex is fucking someone new, which is fine. I don't want to see, like, I had a guy I used to sleep with and his boyfriend was always liking my Instagram statuses. Yeah. And it drove me insane. And eventually I just That's told him. That's a passive aggressive thing. Well, no, I, I texted the boy I used to sleep with and I told him your new boyfriend should be stalking me because I'm better than him. But <laughs> he's tacky. And this is really tacky. It, that's a that's a dick move. That's really rude uh, to be like like why is he? You know, I just started deleting thing like comments that are mean. I, I I have hit some sort of internet tipping point where finally my fans are being mean to me. I don't uh, I don't mind. I don't know. I, I do that. No, I don't mind when people are mean to me because I I can't handle positive things but I kind of like the if it's a legit criticism that's fine but if it's just like not rooted in anything there's no point and freedom of speech doesn't apply to the internet that only applies to someone called me Adele the other day like the frame of reference saying that I looked like overweight in the picture and I deleted it and blocked the person because I just was like you know what like can I handle being called Adele sure do I think that's my job today? No. So I'm just not dealing with that. I wrote on Madonna's Instagram that it looks like she had a problematic relationship with her son and that they that she either had a crush on him or the son was going to be gay. And then Madonna blocked me on Instagram. Ooh, I love that. Which And I support Madonna in all her – I liked Rebel Heart. Yeah, I mean, well, okay, so it's but I don't know. I don't I I've never felt this way. I just I've actually most of the sites that I've written for, I've asked for them to block me from their comment section so I can't go in and fight with commenters. Um <laughs> which is like a fun trick by the way. If you ever want to if you ever write for something online and don't want to read the shit, just like literally make them block you from that privilege. But um I uh I I I just I don't I've I think I got to a. I think when I was seeing it this week, it was just made me feel bad, and it was like mean and pointless. And it's like you can come here and like my pictures or not like my pictures. You can say shitty things about me to your friends, but like the fact that you think that I care that um, you didn't like what I wore to a Golden Globes party. Some girl commented on a picture of me at the Golden Globes with my friend Max and said. Please let me style you next time. Honey, I was just going to some fucking after parties and it was my birthday. Do you know what a goddamn animal I would be if I hired a stylist or even a let someone style me? Like, that is something that a narcissist. Also, writers don't have stylists. No, literally, I'm like new to, like, this is, that is like a new to town, thinks she's amazing sort of rookie move. Why the fuck? And I looked fine. Like, I looked fine. I actually have to say, there was a, a, a lot worse stressed people there than me, honey. There was some real off-the-rack Loman shit going on. Yeah. So- but back to the kink thing, I think that if you want to be part of a kinky community, you have to accept that people will post their asshole pics, and you should support holies, um, which is what I call a butthole selfie. Yeah. And I think also, though, that if you're jealous of your boyfriend, maybe you should not. You should find a new kink community where you won't have to see him if you can't handle him posting another girl's butthole consensually. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I, look, I think that you should go on Hulu and you should get the Showtime extension and you should watch a show called Polyamorous Married and Dating. 
starring Kamala Devi and her polypod. And it's like truly disgusting to me, but it sounds like you could look, maybe learn some lessons. They talk a lot about jealousy in the polyamorous community. I know you're not polyamorous, but it sounds like you need to maybe have a little bit more of a polyamorous attitude. Read these asshole pics if you're going to be a gangster. Like you can't like say like, I want like a leather mask on and to be like dragged like down the sidewalk and then be like, ew, but you posted your asshole online. Like that's just, it's. Yeah, just be honest with yourself. Honesty is the best policy. Always. Thank you, Mitchell. I think that's what that phrase was invented for. Asshole picks. Okay, so we're going to ask you some table topics. It's from our set of dating questions. Are you ready? Whose relationship do you envy? I don't know if I know anyone who has a good relationship to envy. A celebrity? No, not even like... Um, I kind of feel like Brad and Angelina must have Barack some sort and of... Barack Michelle. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, their love like is above the world. And they seem to genuinely love each other and genuinely love power. It's not like the Clintons where, like, I don't think they love each other. They just love the power. Sure. Like, they seem to genuinely love each other and love the power. Yeah. And plus, like, he was her intern or something like that. Really? Which is hot. That is kind of hot. That is really hot. Uh, what do you have a hard time saying no to? Um, Eating out. What do you mean? Like, eating out dinner like i'll all like I anytime never anyone yeah. invites you that and also um like if a boy like is like why don't you sleep in my place i'm always gonna say yes okay yeah. so you can like you're the kind of like can be in a relationship for someone with someone for two years I've, without them seeing your apartment um well i don't like people i don't really like having people over at my apartment because it, i like to have my alone i knew these when I, I did this one story years ago and these these this gay couple in the seventies they were like together together for five years but they had apartments on the up, the opposite sides of Manhattan on the same street uh-huh. which to me seems like the ideal relationship yes um and like they just only ever went to one guy's apartment and I would like to be the guy who no one comes to my apartment because also my apartment looks like I'm on deadline what do you mean like everything's thrown everywhere like the computer's out music's okay. on like I'm clearly working there okay got it like. It's, you know what it's like when you're on deadline? It's gross. Yeah. Like, and boys don't understand Cups that. Cups everywhere. Because I don't fuck writers because I'm smart. I uh, I feel I feel you on the apartment thing. Like, I'm not crazy about people coming over to my place, but I have to deal with it. <laughs> How will relationships between men and women change in the next 50 years? Um, Sexually or? In any way that you interpret that. I mean, I think they will get better. Yeah. I mean, I think they will get better. However, I think they've, like, in some ways they've gotten worse in the last five years with, like, all the Planned Parenthood stuff. Yeah. Because it seems like everyone spent so much time being offended by by Beyonce or by pop stars that they forgot about big things like abortion and they let crazy men, right like, to, like violate women's rights. And I think that people, to get things better, people need to stop worrying about little things and just focus on the big things. But I think they will naturally improve. Like, they've improved over the last 50 years. Like, they're going to keep on improving, I hope and think. Um, I kind of feel like there could be, like, the return to marriage. I feel like marriage has gotten a really bad rap and it's been broke. It's been, like, I think it's just broken in America. And I feel like, I feel like there will be kind of a moment where people get back in line with uh, what's good about it? I think we're. In a, I think the country is in a growing place. With I mean, something things like go marriage. in cycles. It's like this: you have the '60s, and then you have Nixon, and then you have Reagan, and then you have the Clintons. Like everything goes in a cycle. So, and then after the Clintons, you have Bush, then you have Obama. Everything goes in a cycle. I'm sure people will like marriage 
again. Yeah. Um, I think they'll they'll figure out a new way to mentally manage it. Yeah. Or also, maybe marriage never was good and everyone just pretended to be. I, I, I kind of disagree. Yeah. I kind of think that it's like, honestly, I have this is this is so what I'm about to say. I don't know if I've said on this podcast before, but I do believe that I think hormonal birth control really fucked up the way that men and women relate to one another because so many people you're biologically not attracted to an ideal mate when you're on a horm- when you're pumping hormones into your body. So whether you go on them or go off them at some point during your relationship, it has it takes a huge toll. And I think that in fighting for our sexual freedom and like figuring out a way that works for us, we just drugged a bunch of women. And it's, I think that there's a lot of, I'm just, I don't, I'm not into hormonal birth control. And I think it's a huge reason why we are in the state that we are in. I mean, as a gay man, I have no opinion on it. It's like, I have no clue how it works. Here's the thing. There was also like a major change in divorce laws in the 70s, 60s and 70s, which is why like so many divorces happened that, that started happening around then. Yeah. So it's not just like, I mean. I would like to be married, but I want to be married five times. I, I, you know what? It's kind of like a Yolanda Foster love cycles moment. Do you believe in love cycles? Um, I think that's what you're saying. You want to be married five times. Yeah, I mean, I have it. I just think that different points in your life. I mean, I think this is how gay men work. First, you give it away for free. Right. Someone told me this. I don't remember who told me this, but whoever you were, you were right. But first, you give it away for free. Then you sell it. Then you buy it in terms of sex. Like, first, you're just letting anyone fuck you. Then you're only fucking rich guys. Then you're the rich guy. Basically fucking young guys. Yeah. Like, and I would like the, my first husband to be someone I'm madly in love with. The second one to be a little more artistic and maybe we have things like that in common. The third one. No, the second one I want to be powerful. He, the second one will be powerful. The third one will be like a totally bad idea. Okay. Who I shouldn't be involved with. I agree. Third marriage is... That's Never like, a good idea. Yeah. The fourth one will be, it'll be companionship for like 20 years and then he'll die. And then the fifth one will be like some twink who changes my diapers and will never even have sex. For those who don't know, can you define a twink? Um, the last time I defined twink, Dan Savage made a meme of me. Um, what happened? Vice had me do like a piece. Well, I had, it was my idea and they let me do it. And it was just like about, like the ethno, like the definition of the word twink, and like the history of it, and like how twinks are sim- simultaneously like idolized and made fun of. Yeah, like they can't really win. Bobby Trendy's a a, a twink. Like if no, I, mean, I know I, what I a twink is. Well, no, he's twunk. Bobby Trendy is twunk. Oh, he is. What's twunk? It's like an aged twink. I know. Like the I know you Desmond know what a. Twinks. I know you know what a twink is, but I'm saying that. I, if people need a reference, pop like before we start just like throwing or labels and words out swinger? there. The gay swimmer, I mean, or the gay diver, Tom, whatever. Oh, uh, the one who uh, makes breakfast. No, Tor- Troy Savon, that pop star who is a YouTube vlogger, is a twink. Okay. But like, they're just like skinny 20 year old white kids, white boys typically. They're not always white, but they're skinny, slender. Um, yeah, under 21, out on the town. They don't have facial hair. So um, why did Dan Savage make a meme of you? He didn't even spell my name right. That was the only thing I was mad about. Uh, it was fine. I had a weird horror. There was something with my astrology chart last year. In like January and February, people were just always mad at me. Okay. And I don't even remember what upset him about it, but he spelled my name wrong. Ah, um, uh, okay. But twinks are, they're, I mean, I... You know, they're they're the same thing as like a trophy wife, like a straight man's trophy wife. Sure, exactly. It's, a, it's like old gay men's trophy wife. 
I would be shocked if anyone who's listening to this, somehow you found this podcast and you don't know what a twink is, but that's, I, <laughs> um, that's, I, I can't believe what are the odds of that? Okay. Twinks are hard to describe. <clears throat> so, um, if you could be a fly on the wall anywhere in the world, uh, where would you choose and what do you think you'd hear? Um, I would, where would I want to be? A fly on the wall. I mean, like, this is where I always get fucked because, like, I know a smart person. When I mean smart Amanda person. binds his house. See, thank you. I would say something like that. And yeah. plus someone else out there is like, ISIS, duh. No, you want to go to, like, where the ISIS guys hang out? No. Um, Amanda binds his house. Or Babe, that tape of her. I mean, the one that got Or the, the producer Gawker. of the Amanda show just to see, like, what happened to her. Yeah. I want to know. Well, okay, so what did you think of that tape that was released of her when she was obviously having a bipolar episode? What do you think about the ethics of, A, that being released, and, B, like, the content of Which it? Which tape? Is this the one where she's in the airport? She's in the car with, like, her with like her gay friend that she's staying, staying with and her two friends, and she's telling them, she's like, you're literally both, you're all so ugly. I feel so fucking bad for you. Like, everyone's in my mind recording my thoughts. Um, she called her gay friend a fag, I think. I mean, I think you shouldn't, like, release videos of a mentally ill girl. Yeah. Like, she's clearly, or allegedly mentally ill. Um, yeah. To be fair, we'll say alleged. But someone who's going through something. She's Was it confirmed that she's bipolar? She's under a conservatorship. Okay. So there's something that is she is not in the right state to manage her own assets, according to the California, the judge in California. Yeah. So... I mean, I've Although I don't really... think it's fair with conservatorships how it, they only ever put women under them. Yeah. And it seems like, and I think that success because everyone deserves the right to spend their own money even poorly. You're exactly right. You're and be exactly crazy because right. there are a lot of crazy men out there who are just allowed to roam around crazy. Sheen. That is a great example. Yeah. yeah I mean, like. Sheen, um, old Robert Downey. Yeah. Like. There's a lot of them who are just a lot. And it's not fair that Britney Spears has, like, been under that for, like, eight years at this point. Okay. And Amanda Bynes has been under one for over a year. And then Shia LaBeouf is just free. Yeah, you're right. Shia LaBeouf is a maniac. Our sometimes frequent guest, Jackie Johnson, was is madly in love with Shia. She's getting married now. So, unfortunately for Shia, they can't do it. But I just don't see the appeal. I see the appeal. You would fuck him for real? I'd let him fuck me. Would you be in a relationship with him? He'd be a great third husband. Yeah, I agree. Or if he got sober and had a Robert Downey period, he'd be a great second husband. I like that. Yeah, I like your five husband plan. That seems about right. I'm like, uh, this is our next question, which is oddly enough what I'm about to say. But I, um, I went to Christina's old professor and he did my chart for me, my astrological chart. And he told me like, point blank he's like oh yeah you're getting married twice he's like your first husband's gonna be amazing he's gonna be successful that's who you're gonna have your kids with but your second husband is going to be a like a baller and that's gonna be the great love of your life i was told i'd only have one love of my life wow um and it'd be off and on forever it sounds on brand yeah that does sound a little on brand for you like like you realize looking back that there was only one that you loved the whole time yeah and the he said we'd (laughs) have one child but it wouldn't be like our child and i could see me adopting like a troubled 12 year old girl yeah oh i love that for you such a sitcom there's your feature (laughs) i love saying that uh what's what qualities of your astrological sign do you possess well i'm a sagittarius libra (gasps) like Brittany. 
and Anna Nicole, we have the same birth chart, which makes sense because I had a very rough 07. Um, But um, what do, of Versace, I mean, I'm definitely creative. I'm definitely have a big personality. I definitely show up places late. I definitely have great ideas, but am disorganized to a degree, Uh but also am organized enough because of my Libra qualities that I get shit done and people think I'm organized and I'm not. And I'm definitely impulsive and I'm definitely in your face, um, which is, this is all a fancy way of saying that I'm a charismatic bitch. I love that. I always felt I was supposed to be a Sag. Uh, I was supposed to, I, and I still, and I used to read both the Sag and Capricorn. Um, I was born, I was supposed to be born on Christmas, Christmas Eve. And I was born January 10th. So, but I am such a Capricorn. But I actually, but I have a lot of Sagittarius qualities for sure. I, but it's not my, it's not my like second sign or whatever. I think I'm like a, I think I'm like a pure Cancer. I, Capricorn. I mean, sorry, pure Capricorn. <laughs> You're, you I said am Cancer. Also, I am a human Cancer. Uh, keep going. I was supposed to be born on the cusp, the Cancer Leo cusp. Yeah. But I was born two weeks early. But I feel like I'm very Cancer. Yeah, Shauna's a Cancer. No, yeah. actually, I, you know, I, I don't, you don't have the emotion of a Cancer. I am very emotional. You, I mean, yeah. I don't know if you see that side of me enough, but yeah. You can be. Yeah. I'm as total Sag. It's just like internalized. But so is Anna Nicole. She was such a Sagittarius. Yeah. That kind of being like a mess who like somehow rises to the top without... And stumbling like, your way to the top, babe. But she wasn't stumbling. She had a plan. She knew what she was doing. She I mean, was charismatic. It was just kind of messy. And same thing with Brittany. I've always loved Anna Nicole so much. I just think she's so sparkly and fabulous. And just like, I believe she's a good person. You remember in her show when she had all those little, little kids over to do charity stuff? Everything about her. I think she was such a good person and such good intentions. And she loved that old man. I think no, she loved him. Because no one else had ever. And when she died, he was the only photo in her bag. Yeah. She just had a photo of him and her kid. I think she really did love him. That's so sad. Aww. It wasn't sexual. It was just like he left her and she left him back because no one had ever left her before. Yeah. Oh, R.I.P., babe. That's so sad. She was so gorgeous, too. Oh, yeah. Her old Playboy spreads. Gorgeous. All like, right. Next call. Hey, Malls. Uh, my name is Sarah. I'm from Boulder, Colorado. Um, I'm a new listener of the podcast. I love it. It's great. Uh, this is my dilemma. Need some advice. I recently got out of a really shitty relationship um, about four months ago. Really toxic, abusive. Uh, took me a solid two and a half years to figure this out and get the fuck out. And now that I have, I've just been like readjusting to life by myself, um, like in a safe environment. So like that's been cool. But about a month and a half ago, I went to a party with some friends, um, got super drunk. At one point in the night, my friends decided to leave to go to the bar. So I was at this random house alone by myself, like having the time of my life, making friends. Um, I met this guy who seemed like really sweet. He was nice, whatever. And he was like, yeah, let me walk you home. You shouldn't be walking home alone this late at night. It was like 3.30 in the morning. So he walked me home back to my apartment, and he invited himself in, poured himself a drink, and, like, made himself at home. And I was like, okay, like, you can leave. My roommates are asleep. I have to work in the morning. Like, bye. Thanks for the walk home. And at this point, he got really nasty, and he started yelling at me, saying all these awful things to me, telling me what a cut I was, like, 
I was such a fucking tease, all this stuff. Like, I'd been flirting with him all night, and now I was just kicking him out, and da 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 So, at this point, I was like, what do you want me to do? I'm not going to hook up with you. And he he got, like, really physical with me, and I was like, all right, like, if I fuck you, will you leave? And so, that's what we did. And, um, long story short, two days ago, I took a pregnancy test. Guess what those results were? Yeah. So, um, my question is, what is the etiquette on this situation? Because I'm in a little bit of a bind. Like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm 20 years old. I'm graduating in May. I'm going to grad school in the fall. Like, I don't have time for a baby now or ever, really. So, I, I have already scheduled the appointment, um, at Planned but my question is, do I tell him? Like, part of me feels like I'm obligated to because he's part of this, um, indirectly or not. Like, I haven't seen him since. But then the other half of me is like, no, like, I don't want anything stopping me from the decision that I've made because I can't handle this kind of responsibility right now. Uh, so yeah, please advise. Thanks. You're the best. Okay, honey, listen, you need to start caring about everyone else in this situation as much as it appears they cared about you, which was not at all. So fuck him. It's literally none of his business. In fact, he's your rapist. So if you if you want to pursue some sort of situation where he is responsible for what he did, I would recommend that to you. But only, I mean, really, honestly, this it could be more emotionally taxing for you if you do that. I know that this is not what, the advice you're supposed to give people who are in a situation like this, but that is a lot to sit through. A trial, arrest, being accused of he said, she said shit. That's it's It's just, it's very, very, it's a long, and I say this from personal experience, it is a long battle to sign up for. And unfortunately, it's another thing that just falls on you to deal with. And it sucks. What happened to you sucks and it's not okay. And and I, I this person knows people you know. I would tell the people that you know that know him um, that he did this to you. They don't – no one needs to know about this pregnancy except for you. Um, and also thank you for calling me to talk about this because this is a really big – thing and that's a it's a huge thing that you can tell a story and that you seem somewhat okay but you really have to talk to someone because that uh, it's not fair to you that that even had to cross your mind like if I fuck you will you leave that's not fair to you and that's like and why and and the impulse to agree to that is something that I really you know feel that you need to talk to someone about because I understand being physically afraid and I understand that it was late and scary, but you had, you know, roommates in the house and they, I'm just horrified that this happened to you. But like, you know, he doesn't, no, he does not have parental rights. He's your rapist. He doesn't have like rights to know about this child. In fact, no, no guy really does. I hate to say, uh, have rights, right to know. Um, it's your thing that you're dealing with. Um, but that's just really horrific. And we have some, we had some a call uh, about a sexual assault on this podcast not too long ago, and um, one of our listeners did an amazing thing, and I would really actually really encourage our listeners to reach out about this and leave messages if you can kind of – because, again, I'm not an expert in this stuff yeah, at not all. Like qualified for this. Not qualified at all. I'm talking to you the way that I would if a friend called me. Um, but 
I uh, think that you definitely need to talk to a professional about this and anyone who is qualified to speak about this. If you want to call 323-450-7408, leave a message about that. We will play it at the end of one of our upcoming shows, much like we did on Ed's uh, Ed and Jackson's recent episode, um, which was that called Ed and Alley. Um, oh, Ed and Alley. Yeah. Uh, Tight ends and new beginnings. Yeah. So if you want to go listen to the end of that, anyone listening to this? And we have numbers for you. Christina will read them. Yeah. So the caller who called at the end of uh, Ed's Ed's episode was Patrick. And he suggested the National Sexual Assault Telephone Line. Um, It's run by the RAIN network. So it's uh, Rape, Abuse, Incest National Network. Um, The hotline is 1-800-625-4673. And it's really, really awesome because they tailor it to your location. Um, And they have, you know, counselors who are there to talk to you. Um, They have um, ways to find local health communities within your area that can help you um, deal with whatever medical issues you need to deal with. Um, They also have resources to inform you about the local laws in your area that might apply to your situation. So I would say get in touch with professionals who know how to advise you on this situation. And again, that number is one 800 656 Four six seven three. Yeah, and you know, I I don't even want to like. There's no illusions here that I'm qualified to answer this question. I just want to be. I really appreciate when people call and say things that are this personal to them, because that's a huge level of trust and respect. And I respect you back the same amount. And um, I really want you to take care of yourself, girl. You not one thing you did. In, in this entire story was your fault or wrong at all, like at all. And so I really hope that you remember that. You should not be afraid of people. You should not be afraid of parties, but um, you should not be afraid of drinking too much or walking home and accepting the help of, of a that shouldn't, it shouldn't be something that you should be afraid of at all. You shouldn't all. be afraid of reaching out for help too. Yeah, please do that. Please. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, um, I'm worried. I'm worried about that. You were in a really long abusive relationship, and I, I'm, I'm worried about that for you. I really would. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'll be thinking about you. You should call and update us if you want. We don't necessarily need to air it. I just uh, want to know how you're doing. Um, you guys. Anyway, that was episode 75 of Please Advise. Thank you so much for listening, um, Mitchell. Where can people find you online? Uh. At Bradley dot at or at my Twitter, which is just Mitch Sunderland. Awesome. My my brother's name is Mitchell. My favorite brother. That's good. Yeah. Do, do you like being called Mitch or do you prefer Mitchell? Only, well, I think Mitch is like a frat boy name. Yeah, it is. But the only people who call me Mitchell really are my mom. Mitch yeah. makes me think of uh, David Hasselhoff's, Hasselhoff's character in Baywatch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mitch yeah, Buchanan. Right. It was Mitch Buchanan. Yeah. And my I've, I'm named after my fat uncle. Oh. Uncle Mitch. And I don't, like, I don't ever want to be a fat uncle. No, I don't think you will be. That's the good news. I have a pretty good feeling. I have a pretty <laughs> solid feeling you won't be a fat uncle. Um, and is there anything that people should be looking out for in terms of stuff you're working on right now? Um... Nothing Any amazing I can talk about, stories. But there's a really good article coming out Valentine's Day weekend about two of your favorite celebrities who have been in a relationship for 10 years. Two of my favorite or two America's favorite? America's favorites. I can't say who, but. Ooh, I'm like so intrigued. I'm dying to know who. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you when the recorder's off. 10 years is kind of the magic number, right? Isn't that when like the prenup goes to shit and you can just like get divorced and get all the money? Yes, basically. But they're in real, it's real love. 
Oh, you really is? Do you believe it's real love, or do you know? It was one of those things where when I went, I thought when they when they got together a decade ago, I thought it was just like a business transaction. Sure. Um, and I thought that the man didn't like the girl, but the girl had convinced herself she was in love to the man. But then when I met them, I realized the man is madly in love with her. I think I know who you're talking about, and I kind of have chills right now, and I can't wait to end this podcast. And I so thought I that. that it was. And that it started as a business transaction for him, but then he fell madly in love, and she fell madly in love with him. I know who it is. And although they have issues, they're I have no idea. I'm really seeing... madly in love at their house on the beach. Ooh, okay. Now I don't know if I know who it is. Okay, all right, all right. You guys, that was episode seventy-five. Please advise again. I'm Molly Malls. You can find me on the internet at Malls. You can find Please Advise on the internet. Just search for PLZ Advise. We're on SoundCloud.com. I mean, we're really only on the internet. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud.com slash Please Advise. iTunes. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, just look us up, PLZ Advise. You'll find us. Um, and guys, just call. Call the show. Because um, Mama, that's me, wants to go get drunk in New Orleans on Valentine's Day. And that means that I have to record two shows back to back. And we need a lot of messages. Okay, thanks so much. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 